This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. On Mondays, we are having Rav Benjamin Tavori, who is giving a series this year on Mo'adei Hashanah, Shiurim, about the different holidays and festivals. In our ongoing Sidra, of Shiurim about Moadei Yisrael. In this particular period of time, between Pesach and Shavuos, it somehow seems appropriate to discuss a general issue of Moadei Yisrael and one if you can add to Moadei Yisrael. We all know, of course, that there are the Chagim of the Torah and we have days of Purim and Hanukkah, which are Durabanan. But in our calendar, in unusual, special circumstances, the question would be whether we are allowed to make a special ceremony, special uh, order to connote the day in a special fashion. Of course, this will be tinged, firstly, with a historical analysis and a religious analysis of the meaning of the particular event that we're discussing. Obviously, I'm referring to the days of Yom Atzmaut and Yom Yerushalayim, which are very uh, special and unique to some people, where others... uh, deny any special significance of the day at all, not just because of whatever halachic issues are involved, but they simply say, I remember many years ago when it, the day of Yom Atzmaut, why I was in Yeshiva University, and a fellow from Lakewood came into the Yeshiva on that particular day. So when he walked in, it happened to be that I was standing next to Rav Lichtenstein. And Rav Lichtenstein said to this fellow from Lakewood, I understand that in your yeshiva in Lakewood, they don't celebrate the way we do in Yeshiva University. They don't say Hallel, etc. But you at least recognize the fact that today is a unique day, a special day in any form whatsoever. The fellow answered very quickly and bluntly, no. And Rav Lichtenstein walked away. Then the fellow turned to me and said, was he serious? Did he really think that we would treat this day differently than any other day? Obviously, our understanding of world history, our understanding of Yad Hashem and certain events and the religious implications of the day are the key issue or one of the key issues in determining whether we can add a Mo, or call a Moed Yisrael on these particular days. The assumption, of course, I'm talking in, within the framework of religious Zionism, where the importance of the day cannot be uh, at all uh, even questioned or discussed, and therefore, the questions are the halachic issues involved in, in uh, accepting any sort of addition to the concept of Moadei Yisrael. Uh, 
It's approximately 60 years ago, the uh, this discussion began among Gedolei Yisrael, and uh, there's a tremendous amount of literature about this topic. Rabbi uh, Dr. Rakover compiled a book, Hilchot Yom Atzmot V'Yom Yerushalayim, in which he brought various sources that have discussed this issue, and anybody who wants to uh, study this in depth would be well uh, recommended to look up that particular book. Lately, a younger fellow, Aaron Arend, a student in Barilan, in the faculty, I think, of Barilan today, also wrote a book about Halachotu Minhageyo Matzmaut, and the, there is, as I said, there's a tremendous amount of literature and really very little can be added to what is already printed. In fairness, it should be pointed out that there are articles, Divrei Torah, which completely oppose any concept of celebrating Yom Atzmaut at all. Rabbi Rakover in his book, Dr. Rakover in his book, does bring some of the counter-arguments. In uh, one of the issues of uh, the local Chidushe Torah of the Telzi Yeshiva, Rabbi Gifter wrote an article, Yom Matzmot Eino Yom Tov. Yom Matzmot is not a Yom Tov. And uh, those people that are interested in studying the situation in depth, uh, you know, could find a lot of more information about this. We'll just discuss some of the basic issues. One of the issues that was raised that is famous is the problem uh, that is there a question of Baal Tosif. Baal Tosif, of course, means that one is not allowed to add to the Torah. And here, it seems that, in a sense, we're adding to what the Torah says. The Torah told us what the Yamim Tovim are. And, but, the question, of course, would be, what about the Hanukkah and Purim? Is, is there a question about Tosif or not on Hanukkah and Purim? And in this connection, people quote the Ramban. The Ramban in Chumash, in Parshas Ve'ezchanan, says that all the Nevi'im that were from the days, from the earliest days of Judaism, he says, never added to Moadei Yisrael. He says, the days that were added for example, the Chag that was made by Yeravam is Aser. And he quotes the Gemara that 180 Nevi'im, some texts say 48 Nevi'im, were among the Jewish people and they did not add anything to the Torah. The question, of course, how could they add Chanukah and Purim? What was the basis for that? And you'd have to try to understand the basis for Hanukkah and Purim and what was exactly done on Hanukkah and Purim to explain why it would be permitted today. In Rav Gorin's article, he would say a day that he, he does say that the Ramban would admit that any day that was made as a Yantif with Halel, thanking a Kaddish Baruch Hu, is like any other Takan of Chachamim and is not a new halacha that really 
would be problematic, but it's a siyog. Now the question is, what's the siyog here? Usually when we learn a siyog, we learn a siyog as a safeguard. The Torah told not to do this in order to make sure you don't do this. So Chachamim added something else. What is extra here? So the, the, the Rav Goran explains that the siyog is a mitzvah of the Torah to celebrate on a miracle that HaKadosh Baruch happened to you. And he says, Gam zechirat nisei Hashem v'niflotav hagluyim v'anistarim to remember the miracles of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the wonders both both obvious, the blatant ones and both the hidden ones are included in a siyag chachamim to the Torah. And therefore he says, for sure, when there is the samchut, there is the authority of Bnei Israel to accept the Yom Tov as a day of simcha mishte besasen, as a day of happiness, as was done, and he has many sources to discuss this. The those people that wrote these uh, articles, as I said, sixty years ago, Rav Goren, Rav Gershuni, in his sefer called Sofayich, all quote similar sources. The Magin Avram in Simon Tafesh Pezayin quotes the Tshuva of Maram that any community that feels the Yad Hashem in a miracle that occurred to that particular community may make a Yom Tov. A famous Tshuva of the Chassam Sofer is also quoted that not just may they make a Yom Tov, but they should make a Yom Tov. The famous Shiltos, again, it was made famous in these various articles. The Shiltos in Parshas Vayishlach, number Chavav says, Mechuyavim beis Yisrael lauduye l'shabuche kabe shemaya b'idna d'isa Am Yisrael is required to praise, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu when a miracle happens. And he quotes the Pasuk, Haluas Hashem kol goyim, shabuchu kol haumim, ki gavar aleinu chazdo. All nations should praise God because His loving kindness was bestowed upon us. The goyim knew what they tried to do to us and we should thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, according to the Shiltos, it seems this would be a biblical requirement. Somehow, to designate this day as a day where we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu seems to be a biblical requirement. But, there is a controversy between different commentators as whether the Shiltos meant this would happen once in your lifetime. When you do it, the first time it happens, then there is a mitzvah to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or does it occur yearly? Is there a mitzvah yearly? The Nitziv assumed that the biblical requirement is only once, whereas the Chassam Sofer is well known to say that this applies every year. In fact, the Chassam Sofer in the Tshuva, and it really would be interesting to see the Tshuva inside, in Orachayim, number Kuf Aleph, 
a, tshuva, a similar tshuva would be found in Yeridea, Reish Lamed Kimmel, and in other tshuvas, the Chassam Sofer says there is indeed a biblical requirement once you acknowledge the miracle and you realize the salvation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there would be an absolute obligation to celebrate the day. But then the question would be obvious. So why do we think Hanukkah and Purim are the Rabbanan? Since historically we understand the significance of both Hanukkah and Purim, wouldn't it fall within the statement of the Shiltos that on a day that a miracle happened, it is our incumbent upon us to praise and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu? And the Chassam Sofer comes up with a famous point that says that that is true. There is an absolute requirement of the Torah to designate something unique, something special about the day forever where HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed His loving kindness to Israel. But what are you supposed to do exactly in that day? The Chassam Sofer said that was not mandated at all. It's a general concept that a person has to acknowledge the in significance of that particular day. So the Chassam Sofer says very clearly, let's say on Purim, a person goes around celebrating on Purim, he makes some sort of a suda, but he didn't go to hear the Megillah. So he said, he nullifies the mitzvah of Kriyas Megillah. The mitzvah, whether it's Drabanon or Midifrei Sofrim, here we once discussed, the difference between reading Megillah at night, reading Megillah in the day, what's the absolute obligation? But whatever it is, a person who didn't do it didn't fulfill that obligation. But as long as he recognized the significance of the day and celebrated in some way, he fulfilled the basic requirement. So it comes out, that, according to Chassam Sofer, one could really posit that observing a day where we understand the importance of that day, and as I said before, it, it does depend on your Welt Anschauung, it does understand on your understanding of the world, understand the history of the world, then if you do realize the importance of that day, it would be an absolute biblical requirement somehow to celebrate that day. One of the Rishonim that's quoted in this context is also in Ibn Ezra, in Parshas Baloscha. In Parshas Baloscha, just before Hamishi, the Torah tells us when you blow the Chatzotros. And there are a number of different occasions where people blow these special trumpets. In the context of the Torah, it was referring to the travels of B'nai Yisrael in the Midbar when they used to blow the Chatzotros to assemble the community. But the Torah goes on to say there are other times when you blow the trumpets. For example, in a day of uh, of war, then you should blow the, the Chatzotros and you should daven before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But then, in the last Pasuk, the Torah says another time when you blow the Chatzotros. Uviyom simchaschem uvmoadechem uvirashei chatshechem uskatem bechatzotros ala losechem bazivichishamechem Uviyom simchaschem means on the days of your simcha uvmoadechem and in your Mo'adim, and Rosh Chodesh, you're supposed to blow the Chatzotros. Of course, the Chatzotros are blown in conjunction with the Karbanos that are mentioned in the Pasuk. Now, what is Uviyom Simchaschem and what's Mo'adeichem? Mo'adeichem seems to be Yom Tov. So what's Yom Simchaschem? 
the uh, there are different texts in the Sifri to explain what Yom Simchaschem and Moadechem. Some people say it refers to Shabbos. Moed is Yom Tov, Yom Simchaschem is Shabbos. Of course, that would depend whether that would be an important discussion in the, the in the understanding of Shabbos. Is Shabbos a, a Yom Simcha or not? And that's also a discussion we gave in one of the Shiurim about uh, Chol Moed and different holidays when when the mitzvah of Simcha applies. Simcha on Shabbos is a very famous question whether there is Simcha on Shabbos. If the Sifri says of Yom Simcha Aschem Shabbos, then it would mean clearly that Shabbos is the day of Simcha. But as I said, there are various girsos in the Sifri what Yom Simcha Aschem means. The parish that I'd like to quote now is Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra says, Over Yom Simcha Aschem is on the day when you make a day of Simcha, Sheshavtem Eretz Oyev. When you end a war, when the war is over, completed, and he says, for example, and of course, even in the Ibn Ezra, there are various texts as what the correct version is, but he says, it seems like Hanukkah and Purim. Shmona Yemei, and then it's not sure if it's Hanukkah or Chizkiah, whatever, but it seems that these days are included in the concept of Yom Simchaschem. Now, to make a Yom Simcha, according to these arguments, both of the Chassam Sofer and of the Ibn Ezra, of course, Ibn Ezra has a Mepharesh and Chumash, and the Chassam Sofer is an Achron, in his Shuvas, both seem to imply that there would be an actual biblical requirement to make a day of Simcha every year on the days that miracles occurred. As I said before, in terms of intellectual honesty, many people have quoted other sources and argued these points, and I'm not going to present the arguments of Rav Gifter and Rabbi Regensburg and others who denied the basic principles on which we have built so far. There might be a very simple non-political suggestion that perhaps should be emphasized more in the world. There is a famous discussion of Reb Shlomo Luria, the author of the Yamsha Shlomo, as to what constitutes a Sudas Mitzvah. The discussion, of course, arises at every Bar Mitzvah, and every Bas Mitzvah, every Siyum. What is, or when is it, actually considered a Sudas Mitzvah, and there are certain ramifications uh, halachically and also hashkafically if something is considered a Sudas Mitzvah or not. Uh, they tell about uh, certain great gedolim that only ate, had a real meal at a, what they considered a Sudas Mitzvah. I think that in the uh, pamphlet about Rav Tzadok HaKohen, HaKohen, I think it's mentioned there that Rav Tzadok HaKohen only ate at a Sudas Mitzvah, and he made a siyum, I would assume almost every day. But he made a siyum, and then he considered it a sudas mitzvah, and then he would e- eat a meal. The, the Yamsha Shlomo says that, in effect, any suuda which was called in order to praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, 
in order to sing Shirim V'tishbachot, praises of God, automatically, and you say Divrei Torah at that Suda, so that automatically becomes a Suda's Mitzvah. In the very end of the Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, there's a discussion about the two months of Adar, where, in which we, of course, Paskin, our custom is that what we call Purim is in the second month, and the first month, Yudalit Adar has a very difficult halachic status. Some say that it, you should have a Suda, some say you don't have to have a Suda. So the Shulchan Aruch recommends very much on the lines of the Yam Shlomo, of the Marshal, in any case, it's a good idea to make a Suda, to sing Shirim V'tishbachos Takadosh Baruch say Divrei Torah, and then automatically becomes a Suda's Mitzvah. And the Shulchan Aruch, in an interesting comment, the last words of the Shulchan Aruch Arachayim, say, V'tov Lev Mishta Tamid. A good-hearted person, it's always good to be, to have a feast, to be happy, and therefore, it would be proper, when Purim, uh, the first month of Adar, to make a Suda also. Certainly, this idea could be more widespread, that the, that on Hei'ir, Chavches everybody should, could, should make a Suda, say Divrei Torah, Shim Vitishbachot, say Divrei Torah, and then the political issues could be cast aside, and we could just automatically say it's a Suda's Mitzvah. Today, interestingly enough, the custom in Israel is that people go for barbecues, the, the mangal is considered part of the customs of the day, and in fact, uh, they make jokes about it. The uh, some people read a parak of the of Yeshayahu on one uh, Yom Atzmaot. The parak they read is Odayom Benof Lamod Yenafef Yado, and it's referring to uh, a certain type of waving the hand. And they said that's the idea of waving your hand over the barbecue when you found the barbecue. And people look at it as today, as uh, I, they don't look at it seriously as a religious obligation, but yet people consider this is the way the the day of Yom Atzmud is noted. All over Israel they do mangalim, they do barbecues. What I'm saying now is fine and good, but the idea of making clear that the Suda is not just a ta- an occasion to get together with friends and eat, but it's a time, L'Shabeach HaTakadosh Baruch it's a time to designate the meal as the meal in which I say Divrei Torah and I thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu and I praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu for what's done. The issue, as I said before, of celebrating Yom Atzmaut is one that has been discussed and those people that were identified with the Psak of the Rabbanut Rashit, with the Chuvas of Rav Goren, the Chuva of Rav Gershuni and many, and Rav Meshulam Roth and many others, all understand that it is a, a special, unique day in the Jewish calendar and a type of a chag, a, 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 a special moed. Would it be considered a chag? To the best of my knowledge, no one has gone so far as to say that the melacha shouldn't be done, that it's a yom tov. That, if a person really did say that it would be the day of us, that's us, in any way, that really might be more of a problem of Baal Tosef. 
of adding to the laws of the Torah. Just to add a day where we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that doesn't seem to be as great a problem as a day that we would say is somewhat similar to a day of the Torah as a real Chag. In the book of Dr. Rakover, an interesting letter was written by Rav Bar Shaul. Rav Bar Shaul was the chief rabbi of Ruchovot. I met him when I was in Israel in 1960. I was extremely impressed by him in many respects. Unfortunately, he passed away at a rather young age, and therefore his fame did not spread that much. He was a very great Rav, the leader of uh, the religious authority for the Kibbutz Hadati, the Rav of Rechovot, the Talmud of Hebron, very special person. In the letter, in that book of Hilchot Yamatsmot of Professor Rakover, you see a letter written to Ravneria, a discussion of certain customs that perhaps should be observed on Yamatsmot. One of them was a discussion whether they should read a Torah with a bracha. Rav Bar Shaul wrote that if you really need a halachic basis and source for such a suggestion, he could probably find it. He could probably justify such a custom. But he said, practically speaking, he would oppose it. He thought it was not a good idea. And it seems to me a total shock to read the next line of what Rabbi Shaul wrote. He said, because on one hand, perhaps as a contra to people who don't celebrate Yom Atzmod, in our community, namely Rechovot at that time, some people overemphasized the importance of Yom Atzmod. So there were already people in Rechovot who debated and, if I remember correctly, did not ultimately decided not to put on tefillin on Yom Atzmod. Now that, of course, is going way overboard and I assume it was just uh, one particular event that Rabbi Shaul heard and referred to. But nevertheless, it showed the confusion over the various possibilities of what to do and how to celebrate these particular days. When we quote the Pasuk, B'Shuv HaShem HaShiv HaSiyon HaInu Kecholmim, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought us back to, re- to return to Zion, to return to Zion, we were like dreamers. Dreamers are in a state where they sometimes confuse reality and the world of dreams. They don't know exactly what to do. And therefore, there was a major discussion which exists till this very day, how to celebrate these days. What particular parts of davening should be added, what should be subtracted, and it was very difficult, partly because we have no central authority. The Rabbanut Rashid is not accepted by everyone. And that is on all sides of the spectrum today, that many people do not accept the Psak. And then, of course, the Psak of various Gedolim has differed. The Rabbanut Rashid, for example, wavered on the very question whether you should say Hallel with a brach or not. It seems to me that from the very beginning of the establishment of the State of Israel, the Rabbanut said you should say Hallel. But sometimes they said to say Hallel without a bracha, sometimes to say Chatzi Hallel. 
when Rav Garin became the chief rabbi, he insisted that they say Halal with a bracha. In fact, he said you should say Halal at night as well. Other people disagree today. Some people say that you should say Halal at night without a bracha. Some say Halal at night is ridiculous. There are many, many halachic issues that are involved. Our discussion today revolved more centrally about the very idea of creating a unique day called either Yom Atzma'ut or Yom Yerushalayim. And exactly what you do in that day, I said, unfortunately is under a lot of discussion and different people have different customs. When I was a student in the Shia of Rav Salavechik, I remember that there were years that the Rav said one thing, the years said the Rav said another thing, and years that the Rav said uh, another thing. I, I remember, at least, if my memory does not fail me, at least three different statements that the Rav said. I think one time he said you should not say Hallel at all. One time he said you should say Hallel without a bracha. And one time he said you should say Hallel, but not right after Shmoneh, so he said after Davening. But if I remember correctly, all three times he said without a bracha. But his opinion apparently changed a number of times. The last point that I want to bring up in this connection is if we assume it's a special, unique day, without saying it's a Yom Tov, without saying it's a Chag, but a special day, a day in which we should praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but as, as I said before, the various approaches to how you celebrate have been under debate for a long time. The last point I want to mention is an interesting concept of making a brach of Shechiyano. Rav Goren said that you should say Shechiyano. Rav Garin also pointed out a very interesting opinion found in early sources that the bracha Shechiyano can be made whenever a person truly is happy, even though he might not be required to make the bracha, but it's not considered a bracha levatola because he is really happy. Of course, you can't fool yourself and say, well, I just want to show off and I'll say Shechiyano. But if a person is really, really happy and exudes his happiness internally, then Rav Goren quotes, for example, he quotes a Bach. The Bach in Hilchas Pesach, in Simon Toflamet Beis, says that any bracha which comes al simchas libo shel adam And he says there's no problem of a bracha matal of lotisa. At the end, it should be pointed out, the Bach himself does not uh, follow this opinion. He says, "Linyan halacha ra'u even achon lechol echad shalolach nisat smolat besavik bracha v'chach noagim shalolavach shachyane b'bdikas chametz." The Bach was talking about b'bdikas chametz, and he said, although there is an opinion that you can always make a shachyane with tzarek b'chavatala, it's better not to put yourself into such a situation of a safik bracha, and therefore he says that we better not to make the bracha. The famous story about Rav Maimon who was the first minister of religion should be repeated here. Rav Maimon great Tamit Chacham who was of course a great Zionist a bit of an iconoclast in many areas the person who was friendly with Ben-Gurion and Ben-Gurion sent him a special piper, plane, to bring him to Tel Aviv in order to sign Megillat HaTzmaut, was an ardent Zionist from way back.
a person who had wide knowledge of Torah, smicha from Gedolei Yisrael, such as the Aruch HaShulchan, wrote many, many svarim. Rav Maimon felt very strongly that you should say Shechianu on Yom Atzmaut. And in the shul in which he established, in Mosad Rav Kuk, he did say Shechianu every year on Yom Atzmaut. Rav Zevin, the author of Moadim Balacha, the famous Labavitcher Chassid, who wrote many svarim, was known to go to Rav Maimon Shul in Yom Atzmaut in order to hear the bracha. One of my friends mentioned to me recently that Rav Zevin davened at the minion of Rav Maimon, where they said Hala with a bracha, where they said Shechiano. And this person, my friend, went to Rav Zevin and asked him, did you yourself say Hala with a bracha? You just answered on me. And Rav Zevin snapped at him, it's enough that I came to the minion. Don't ask me what my personal customs are. But Rav Maimon did say Shechiano. They tell it that one time Rav Maimon was sort of attacked. How could you make Shechianu today? And his answer was, if I would tell you that I'm wearing a new undershirt today, and I'm happy that I'm wearing a new undershirt, would you also be upset? Would you say you can't make Shechianu in a new undershirt because you you don't think it's happy, but I think it's happy. I think it's a special occasion. I bought a new undershirt. So to me, the state of Israel, Medinat Yisrael, is more important than any undershirt. It's more important than some fruit in which you might see once in 30 days to make a bracha shechiyano. So Rav Maimon himself said shechiyano, and as I said, Rav Gorin endorsed this practice. I think generally in the world today, and even in most uh, yeshivot, as there in most religious Zionist Batei uh, Knesset, they do not follow this, this psak, but it's interesting to note that there are people who felt that it is easier to make the bracha on Shechianu, of Shechianu, than it is to make the bracha on Halel. The bracha on Halel might be more problematic than the bracha of Shechianu. Nevertheless, it seems today, many, many, many more people say the bracha on Halel than say the bracha Shechianu. And as we said, there are different opinions in Halacha. All, all the various opinions can find sources in the books in which I recommend it.